Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. This week on the podcast, I wanted to review the Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights. I think that you'll find this is quite an interesting book, and I will get into that in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to kind of mark a few different things that March 2021 brings forward. The first for me personally, is it's been just over a year since I went to the RISE Women's Conference in Toronto, Ontario, and it really gave me a few minutes to reflect as the anniversary kind of of the conference came on March 7th and really reflect on what has changed since I attended the Women's Conference I mean, of course, looking at the photos and thinking about what was happening during the conference. We were all sitting so close together. We even held hands at different points when things were emotional um, with, you know, people around us and um, had, you know, thousands of women in a venue. So obviously COVID has happened and so that um, aspect has changed. But beyond that, I just had a few moments to kind of personally reflect on how far I guess I've come in the last year. And I would say that that feels really powerful, that even despite the pandemic, some of those goals that I was working to achieve and wrote down as goals that I wanted to see for myself in you know my life have really moved forward i mean i was able to publish my first book and one of my goals was to be a successful author um also i was really narrowing in on what it i wanted the podcast to focus on during that conference i i came up with the phrase about wanting to podcast on resilience and that's kind of kept me true i would say over the last year when sometimes i felt do i go this way do i go that way where do i go kind of having these goals in mind and having a focus has been really helpful throughout the chaotic you know life that came during 2020 and even into 2021 so i really would encourage people to take the time i know the hollis company is doing a virtual rise conference this spring and i haven't myself signed up i i don't even remember what the price was like. It is three days and I do find the idea of me trying to do a three-day conference at my home seems really tricky. I think if you are single or you have the ability to say like to a friend, hey, let's get together and do this together. It could be wonderful. Just for my lifestyle, I'm not sure it would work. And I'm not sure that I need it again. I mean, Rachel has talked about that, that, you know, the RISE conferences, you're not really meant to go over and over and over. It's supposed to be that experience. So I would I would really encourage you to check out the virtual one because, I mean, the cost will be cheaper. What I paid to stay in Toronto alone was uh, a ton for the 
the three nights that I was there. So anyway, just wanted to reflect on that piece and and how valuable that time invested in myself that weekend. And also I got to see some friends while I was away. And so that was wonderful too, because I haven't seen them since the pandemic <laughs> started. So the timing was was really good. I also explored some different gluten-free, like a gluten-free bakery while I was there and things like that. So it was really a great last experience to get in before the pandemic hit. And I guess the other thing I wanted to touch on was the fact that it is now a year since things kind of shut down um, initially and then have reopened in different spurts and in, you know, ways that we're not used to. And I did definitely take the time to do some journaling this weekend. Um, You know, we had notes going around through work about reflecting on us all changing to virtual means and, and how well we did. But I really wanted to reflect to myself on just some of those pressures that I felt Um, throughout this time and really on just the overarching anxiety that the pandemic has brought out for me. And so I would encourage you similarly, if you have a few moments to just grab a pen and paper and see what comes. I Friday night filled up several pages that I really wasn't expecting to come out and um, I think it was was very valuable. So I would encourage you to do the same thing. Just kind of reflecting on what this year has brought and what you saw. And I think as much as it is a wonderful tool, you may down the line think, wow, did this really happen? Or, you know, what? Oh, that was fine. So having an idea of what you've been through personally or reflecting on the state of the world and having it written down, it can can almost serve as a bit of a memory or a time capsule for you as well. So I would encourage that. So let's get into green lights. Matthew McConaughey wrote and released this book just around Christmas time. I received it as a Christmas gift. I had heard him on a number of podcasts talking about the book. And honestly, I like Matthew McConaughey. You know, I think he's an attractive actor. I've certainly, you know, watched his some of his movies. But I really was sold on the book listening to him on various podcasts. So in terms of where you can hear him talking about the book, he did the Rachel Hollis podcast. He was on Rob Lowe's Literally. Uh, He did Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, Jen Hatmakers for the Love, and also the Jay Shetty podcast On Purpose. I'm sure there's more. He seems to be very active in terms of promoting this book. Even still, I'm hearing, um, you know, recent episodes coming out. Initially, it seemed like they were all around the release, but it seems like it's still coming. So I would totally encourage you to go and listen to some of the tidbits of stories, I guess, that he gives um, on these various podcasts because it really gives you an idea of what's in the book and kind of sets sets up whether you'll, I think, be interested. But I really found this book to be a breath of fresh air. Honestly, it just was kind of like a guilty pleasure that I could read before bed and just kind of melt into, you know, different stories. I love stories, right? And it's not written in a super preachy way. He hasn't written the book as 
self-help or, you know, kind of like nonfiction, here's what I did to be successful. He's written it as a reflection and a collection of stories. And then as he goes through the stories and hits a part that kind of went the way that it needed to go for him, he says green light. Um, So that's kind of where the title Green Lights comes from. And honestly, it was exactly what I wanted in this book. And I would say even more because there was more depth in terms of some of his lessons learned than I was expecting. He is a lot more spiritual than I was maybe expecting. Um, definitely, he's a thinker, right? So, you know, he's he's dissected a lot of these stories. And I was really surprised. There's a lot of poetry that is sprinkled throughout the book. And I wasn't expecting that at all. I was kind of thinking it would be stories and recounts. And, you know, it was funny to me. I I enjoyed the poetry, but it did make the flow of the book a little bit weird to me because it would be like he'd be in a story and then you'd sort of see these poems placed in different spots, kind of like um, pop out call out boxes and um, for me I was like do I keep reading the story and come back to the poem or do I stop mid-story and read the poem I wasn't totally sure of the intent and that might just be my crazy brain but anyway they they were interesting and I don't read a lot of poetry so I thought look at me I am reading poetry Like I said, a lot of anecdotes on his career, but also lessons throughout the book. So I think um, you can definitely be inspired by his perspective at times. He's had a very, very interesting upbringing. And I mean, he's talked about that on a lot of the podcasts. His parents had a very volatile marriage. um, And there was a lot of focus I felt from his dad, and maybe it's just the culture where he grew up in the U.S. and the time uh, that he grew up because, you know, he is older than I am at least. Um, But there was such that focus on being, you know, the kind of man that his dad wanted him to be. And it, it did rub me a little bit the wrong way. And I think it's because I have a son and I'm very conscious about how we're raising him. And I think the dialogue around what a man is has really changed um, over the past few years, I would say. So um, that that was a little bit difficult for me uh, just because I also as a woman, I wasn't raised, you know, that you need to fight and like different things like that that just... Um, were, were tricky for me to digest. Another plus with this book is like, you can totally read it a little bit before bed. You can read, you know, a little bit at a time. And that is great when, um, you know, you're somebody who's busy and you're maybe, it's hard to get time to read often. I could also totally hear his voice throughout the whole book, like reading it to you, which made it really fun and light and, you know, the emphasis that he would put on different things. Um, and you could see it in the writing. So I I think that is definitely enjoyable. But then the other part that I had to kind of chuckle to myself as I got to the end was I really thought I knew Matthew McConaughey. I wouldn't say like, yeah, I'm this huge fan. Like I said, I got interested in the book hearing him talk about it on podcasts, and that was why I wanted it. But I realized how few of his movies I've actually seen. 
I've certainly seen A Time to Kill and Dazed and Confused, you know, some of those initial films. But then um, I've definitely seen the rom-coms. I mean, The Wedding Planner was one of my favorites. Um, And then the other ones, honestly, I can't really think of ones that were that great of the romantic comedies beyond Wedding Planner with J-Lo. But after that... And even before the rom-com, some of the other movies, I really haven't seen a lot of them. There was such a list that he goes through and the challenges with different movies and, you know, what he did to be part of certain movies. And I, yeah, I really thought, wow, I would like to see these now that I sort of have a different perspective on them. Um, and like I said, I haven't, haven't seen them. So he did, the other piece that was a little salacious is he did tell the story about when he was arrested naked playing the bongos, um, which honestly I had always wondered about because (laughs) I remember that headline coming up and thinking, whoa, Matthew McConaughey, like what's going on there? And there wasn't ever much information. So he does talk about that incident in the book. (laughs) So if you're looking for that, um, that little juicy nugget is there. So I talked about why I bought the book. Um, Actually, it was a gift, why I asked for the book uh, for Christmas. And then I thought we could move into some of my favorite parts or stories. So a few of the favorite stories were him getting into where he was billeted on a trip through, I think it was the Rotary Club, um, to Australia. Like he really wanted to get away. He was, I believe, 18. But he gets set up with this very peculiar family and he really struggled like mentally throughout living with this peculiar family. Um, You know, like he gets where he's running, I think, every day. He's listening to his same music that he brought with him over and over again. It was just a really hard experience. He's eating just like a bit of lettuce and ketchup. Um, and, and I thought that was really interesting, like just that he went from being such a vibrant person, but then the atmosphere changed to living with this family. He really struggled and he does get out of that and then start to kind of enjoy um, his his time down there a bit more, but um, really, really sounded challenging. He does have some advice on marriage towards the end of the book and I mean, like I said, I'm not exactly a super fan, so I didn't really know that much about the time that he got married. I knew he was married, is married. Um, But, you know, he talks about how he got there towards first settling down with his wife and or at the time they weren't married and then having children and how wonderful that was and then deciding to actually get married. So there's this one part that I really thought was sweet. And he says, when two people come together to marry, they each arrive at one as one whole being. And in marriage, we don't lose half of ourselves, we become more of ourselves. And I thought that was really great. This was some advice he went to go see his pastor or some advice that he got. And um, I just really liked that because, you know, there is so much written about marriage in a negative way. And I thought that that was something that was really positive advice that he was relaying. And then um, he also talks about 
how, you know, being married and having children and finding this part in his career um, really gets him to a point where he wants to be with himself more. That's kind of a theme throughout the book where he, you know, needs to connect with himself and like himself more. And that was really, again, uh, powerful. So he says, the more successful I became, the more sober I got. I liked my company so much I didn't want to interrupt it. So I thought that was a really good quote as well. And that is kind of once he's into this more healthy place where he's kind of able to be with himself. I was really impressed by the amount that he has traveled, um, particularly throughout the U.S., but then also he's had different dreams throughout his life that have seemed very vivid that he's followed. He's went and followed dreams from his sleep and ended up in the Amazon or following it also, he goes to Africa to learn the lessons that he thinks are coming up when he's having these recurring dreams. So I thought that was really um, interesting as well. And then he's taken certain chances that have really paid off, whether in movie parts or others. So that's definitely a theme throughout the book. And I would say I it gave me a lot more of respect for the act like craft of acting. Um, I don't I don't know that much about acting. I've never been an actor. I've never been really in a drama student or anything like that. And so kind of learning what he calls where he knows his man and, you know, he's thinking about what his man would do. Um, I thought that was really an interesting way to, t- to talk about being an actor and and what you bring to it, especially he talks about a time to kill and how that kind of came together and he was really encouraged to um, do it the way he should do it, you know, not the way he thought he should play it. And so those are really good lessons there, I think. And like I said, quite interesting to learn more about acting He does mention how he starts to lose his hair and talks about how he got that back. That was a small piece. Um, And he talks about also, which I was really surprised, that he spent years off and on living in an Airstream with his dog. Like, I think I just had this idea like, oh, Matthew McConaughey is super rich. He's in all these movies. You know, he's got like houses all over the world or, you know, like you kind of assume that. But he actually got where, you know, he did buy places at different times or, you know, he did do the Hollywood life at different points, but then he would just get in this Airstream and go across the country with his dog and stop in different places. And there's stories from that. And honestly, that was really strange to me because I thought, but you're a famous actor. Like, A, why would you do that? Um, and B, like, didn't everybody constantly recognize you? But it didn't seem like that. It seemed like he was able to kind of get out and be himself and be more down to earth. And, um, you know, camping's hard. We bought an RV last year and it's tricky. So, um, yeah, I really had a lot more respect thinking that he's been doing that for years and years on end. And even once he was with his um, now wife, they were both living in there for a while. So um, that was really different to me. Not something that you hear often as the Hollywood story. 
He does also kind of getting back to his dad, talks about making the decision to be an actor and kind of standing up to his dad and saying, you know, this is what I want to do. And and his dad actually, you know, giving him kind of the green light there and that saying, if you want to do it, you need to do it well. Um, and I do respect the perspective that he brings on being a dad and being a husband. You know, he makes the point in the book, like, he takes his family to every movie, right? It's not a case where he leaves for, you know, three months and then comes back. It's like they go with him every time. And apparently that was a condition that his wife kind of made of him that like, if you go, we go. And I think that's really an interesting perspective and um, kind of refreshing because again, with celebrity, you sort of get this impression that you know, they're part-time parents or they're part-time this and that. And, um, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case. I think the most, I would say the biggest story or the most interesting part for me was how he crafted what he calls the reconnaissance, um, shifting his career from what he felt was a rut in terms of doing a lot of rom-coms to his new range and roles that we've seen over the past, I don't know, decade, maybe more. And, you know, despite being offered at one point $14.5 million to do another romantic comedy and the fact that it took him two years of not working and turning down these different roles before finally he started to get the range and roles that he wanted to see. And and of course, that comes from a place of privilege. I mean, he was obviously at the point in his career that he could say, I'm not going to work. And he had his son at that point, possibly his daughter as well. So he was like, I'm busy, but I'm going to wait this out. And I just thought that was really interesting and it shows how Having a vision for what you want to do and persistence can all really get you there because, of course, then he came out on the other side doing some very different movies, you know, Magic Mike, and then eventually doing um, Dallas Buyers Club where he then won an Oscar for that. So I think for sure it paid off and I just found that that was a really interesting and great example of having a vision and working towards it and not compromising. I think one thing that I do kind of need to point out is the book is supposed to be fun and it is fun, but I couldn't help given today's climate recognizing throughout the book his privilege of being a thin, attractive white male in terms of achieving his goals. And that's not to say that, you know, the advice that rings through um, out the book is not good advice, but there were a few times where I had to think like, yeah, okay, but it doesn't hurt that, you know, you've got these great muscles and you're attractive and, you know, you are a male because there are definitely things that I felt like, yeah, I don't know that would work work so well for a female or something like that, right? Um, and, you know, even his run-ins with the law, the fact that he is, you know, an attractive white male, again, it, it definitely 
rings to some of the privilege that um, that he likely experienced. But like I said, I do think there are some definitely interesting stories and definitely interesting lessons that you you can probably glean from this book. And it is meant to be fun. And I think he does recognize that um, privilege in the book. Uh, but, you know, just to to say that I did have that come into my thoughts throughout different stories. So it'll, in my opinion, put you in a good mood. I definitely do want to see more of those movies, though, um, just because, like I said, I feel like after reading the book, you kind of have a bit of an inside track onto what he was thinking. And I think even um, rewatch, I would like to rewatch A Time to Kill, to be honest. And I haven't seen that, I think, since it came out. So it could be some good time spent. So that is my book review of Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And hopefully you'll pick it up, whether it's from the library or borrow it or buy it. It, uh, I think it's worth your time. The last thing I did want to mention as well is I've been getting more reviews from people of my own book that have purchased my new book, Pendulum by S.E. German, that came out in February 2021. And I've been so delighted. I read one last week. I've had a few more nice messages about people that either have identified with the book or different pieces of parts of the book and, and kind of reached out to say that they're enjoying it. So please keep those coming. Um, if you have read the book, I would love to hear from you. Uh, whether it's through Instagram, you can do that at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady Gluten, L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N. You can certainly DM me through Instagram or there is a way to email me there too as well, which is at reallifeprojectco at gmail.com. So I'd love to hear from you on my book, Pendulum. Uh, by S.E. German. So thanks for listening, and I hope everybody's having a great week. I wrote a book, and I am so excited to share it with all of you. Pendulum by S.E. German is now available. The story follows a young boy named Ben as he changes from a silly, energetic, happy little guy to a boy that is anxious, obsessive, emotional, angry, and depressed. After visiting 20 doctors and getting seven misdiagnoses, his mental health declining even further, he's finally diagnosed with PANDAS, a neuroimmune disorder. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Streptococcal Infections. It's a little-known and understood disorder without a cure. At eight years old, Ben and his family move to a new city to start a new life. He gains confidence, navigates his first crush, and plays competitive sports. Ben encounters many challenges in a new school while also coping with his mental health issues and trying to understand and accept himself and his disorder. Ben shares how he handles all the trials of being a middle grader and having pandas and his unique outlook on both the disorder and his life. Pendulum is available at Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, and also through the Friesen Press Bookstore. It can be found in hardcover, paperback, and the ebook. I hope you will check it out soon. I am creating an email list community under the name Real Life Project Co., which is my company name. And with this email list, I'm going to be communicating 
all about what's going on with the podcast, how things are going in terms of my writing career, and any special events or offers that are coming up, including our current offer, which is a free self-care 30-day calendar that gives you tons of ideas for self-care to challenge yourself to keep looking after yourself for a whole month straight. If you want to join my email community, please go to my Instagram page at Sarah Lady Gluten and click on the link in the bio, which goes to the Real Life Project Co. webpage. And there you'll have the opportunity to sign up to be part of this community. I've been sending emails just about every week, giving updates on how things are going and where the podcast is at. And I hope that you'll join this community and find connection with me there. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, or the Facebook page, Sarah-LadyGluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.